Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittam, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today I'm excited to bring you an episode with Bethany Davis. Bethany is a, shoot, she does a lot of things. She is a, a, a coach, she's a runner, she's a former CrossFitter, she's a mother of four, she is uh, just one heck of an athlete, um, and I'm really excited to have her on the uh, have her on the show today. We talk about a variety of things, and one thing that's new to the episode or new to the show is just talking about her recovery um, from having children to then getting back into running shape and and being able to compete afterwards. I know this is something that. Um, you know, affects a lot of the listeners uh, here on the show, but it's not something that we've ever talked about in any of our episodes. So I'm really excited to, to dive into that today, and I hope you like what you hear. So thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I love the uh, the recent reviews we've had on iTunes. Keep that up. I really appreciate it. It helps get the podcast out to more people, and uh, and I always love that. So thank you so much for listening. I hope you're subscribing. But now it's all about Bethany Davis. Hello, Bethany, and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. Hey, Matt. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I, I appreciate you, you you spitting me in. You're just getting back from a little adults weekend, which you most certainly deserve. Mother of three boys and a little girl. I hope you had a good time. Yeah, thanks. I did. It was so nice. Um, just we got away to our favorite place in Lake Tahoe here in California, Nevada. Um, and yeah, we went some with some of our best friends. And so it was relaxing. And I was able to get a couple runs in as well as uh, just have a great time with some good friends. There you go. That's always a fun time, especially for parents, as you know, it's like that time away from the kids. It, uh, it can really refresh you a little bit sometimes. Absolutely. Hard because, you know, with having young kids, I tell people, I say, uh, you know, vacations are never the same. You when sometimes when you're with the kids, you need a break from them so bad. And then when you get the break, all you can do is think about how much you miss them and talk about them. So we're really excited to get back to them tonight. But it was a good trip for sure. That's great. And for you, is this your first trip since uh, since your baby girl, Nora, was born? It is. Yeah. So she will be three months on Wednesday. And, uh, you know, I've gotten a lot of comments this weekend of people saying, what? You're crazy. How are you leaving her? But she's with my mom and she's just in the absolute best hands. And, you know, being that she's the fourth, too, I think uh, I think I have a little easier time leaving her at such a young age than than I would have, you know, my first one. So. Oh, I can completely relate to that. So I got I got two young ones. So my daughter's five. My son is two. Uh, they both they both have birthdays uh, this coming spring, and um, oh yeah, like we we let our son not only get away with things that we would never let my daughter get away with, just because we were like hyper vigilant as first time parents. But the idea of like letting them like go go with the grandparents at a young age or whatever, like that was completely you know a whole different world the second time around. Oh yeah, totally. We uh we always joke about that with our our first son versus our third son, you know. The first son the binky would fall on the ground and I'd be like, "Oh, I got to wash it." And now the second one, I was actually at Target recently and 
and he's in the cart and he's quiet and he's kind of my spirited feisty one and the you know I'm checking out paying and the lady's like ma'am your son is uh licking the counter and I'm like hey don't mess with it he's quiet okay <laughs> building his immune system that was that was exactly what I was just about to say it's gonna be the healthiest <laughs> kid in the world like in 10 years totally <laughs> oh my goodness that is fantastic and so with you obviously like you've gone through kind of the the you know you're I should, I should put it this way. You're an experienced runner. You have experience in a lot of other you know, fitness uh, areas. You have um, a BS in applied exercise science from Azusa Pacific. You're basically, you're the lady of acronyms. You have all these acronyms of, of certifications you have. I, I literally don't know what any of them mean, but there's a million of them. <laughs> um, so you, you have a lot of, uh, a lot of expertise in a lot of different areas. And you've gone through the cycle of the prenatal, postnatal, you know, running and fitness so many times. What was it like for you this time around? Yeah. So um, this time around, you know, with my, so our fourth daughter or fourth child, our daughter was a complete surprise. Um, I had actually just run the LA marathon last spring and, you know, I'm wondering like, Hmm, this things are just off, you know? And so uh, I took a pregnancy test just thinking like, well, I'm going to ease my mind. I'm, there's no way. And, uh, you know, sure enough, well, I'm the surprise, um, turned out to be the best surprise ever, but you know, that really put, uh, a huge like change or, you know, an obstacle in my training that I had, you know, planned for the year. I had goals to, to, you know, PR at CIM, um, in December. And I was just really, you know, motivated and really excited about, about hitting those goals. And so when that happened, um, I just kind of thought, okay, well, now I'm going to, you know, just kind of regroup and set some new goals. And so I set a goal of running a thousand miles um, while I was pregnant with her and ended up doing that. And um, so I ended up being the most active with her than I had with the other three boys. And, um, and it really paid off. I mean, this, the recovery after her was just uh, so easy with the boys. I wasn't able to snap back into um, training this quickly. And of course I've had the, the support from my doctor all along the way, but um, yeah, it's a huge, uh, huge benefit. And, um, and staying active through pregnancy is not easy at all, but it definitely, it definitely was worth it. And for you staying active, wasn't just running. I mean, I've seen the videos of you doing squats with the belly and all of those, you know, crazy things. Like I don't do squats and I don't, I don't have a, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not giving birth anytime in the near future. And it's hard <laughs> for me enough to do squats. And I'm watching videos of you doing it. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this, this woman really, you know, she's not messing around. So for you, how important is the lifting aspect into, into what you just mentioned in terms of not only maintaining your fitness, but snapping back? Yeah, definitely. So I come from a strength, strength and conditioning, um, and actually CrossFit was like originally my background in fitness. Um, and that's kind of where I started before I became a distance runner. And so I've always had a love for that. Um, but then, you know, I've seen the benefits of just what strength and conditioning can do, even body weight stuff, um, do for runners for injury prevention and so much more. So, um, it's easy cause I have a passion for that. I have a foundation in that kind of, so after I hit my thousand mile goal of running with her, I was, I mean, I was done running. I, it was a struggle. Um, you know, my belly was heavy. I, she was very low. So, um, 
I stopped running at about 36 weeks and just continued strength training, um, actually until the day I delivered her. And, um, like I said, it was just, and obviously things were modified definitely. And I listened to my body and there wasn't, you know, there were days where I, you know, decided I'm not going to work out today. I'm just going to listen to my body and rest. And, um, that's super important, but, um, yeah, that's, it, it really helped in, um, uh, you know, just, just, um, I, now I just have that almost that strong foundation mm-hmm. of continuing to lift that, you know, starting to run after her, you know, getting my speed back has become really easy too. And, um, and I really think it's just to having that, you know, strong body, the muscle to protect all my joints and, um, yeah, it, it just has really made a huge difference. So you mentioned that you ran more in this pregnancy than the first three. Did you lift more as well? Yeah. So definitely stayed, like I said, overall, um, more active in this one. Um, yeah, I lifted, I lifted probably about three days a week. And when I say lifted, I mean, many times it was just body weight exercises. Um, so just strength training in general. Um, and I did, so with my first son, I kind of just did here and there throughout the pregnancy, um, with my second one, I actually ran a half marathon when I was 14 weeks pregnant with him and did nothing else the rest of the pregnancy. Um, and then with my third one, I worked out until about 20 weeks and nothing after that. So this one was a huge, um, you know, a significant difference and increase in overall strength training and running. Got it. So are, did, when you think about where you are now, from a running standpoint and we'll get into what, what your goals are. I know you're running Boston and coming up and what your goals are for 2018. Did you have any idea while you were doing all of this kind of like this prep work, this prenatal work that you would feel as good as you currently feel? I didn't, you know, the, the plant, um, you know, I just kind of, with being my fourth child, I just, you know, I had no idea how quickly I was going to bounce back. I, I had plans of running, running Boston um, and I had registered. So I was kind of committed, you know, I was thinking, well, even if I go and I finish, you know, as long as they're not kicking me off the course, I just got to <laughs> make it in that amount of time. Um, and then, you know, a couple weeks after I had her, you know, I was talking to my midwife and she said, Hey, just listen to your body. If you're ready to start, running again just you know listen to body your body and here are some things to look out for and um you know if you're feeling good go for it and so I just took it easy at first and slowly increased and um and have felt great and really I mean I'm definitely not to where I want to be and I do have some big goals but um I'm really excited with um with where things are. And when I, when I stayed active throughout my pregnancy with her, that was not really my, I mean, it wasn't. So my goal was to have a healthy baby and have a healthy pregnancy ultimately. Right. And that's what I did. So. Right. Yeah. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. And, and it's uh, obviously that's the, the, the most important thing. And obviously at the same time, while you're doing it, you know, you can have two thoughts at one time, you know, you think hopefully things go well, and, you know, obviously athletics have been a big part of your life. And, you know, I was just thinking back to the L.A. Marathon uh, last March where you, what, you were five weeks pregnant. Is that what it was? Yeah. Yep. I yeah. was about five weeks pregnant and didn't know it yet. Yeah. And then I, I thought that was a great story um, about 
how to deal with kind of in the moment unforeseen circumstances. And I think you had a great Facebook post to that point about just the beginning of the race. You know, here's the thing that you do. You obviously spend a lot of time training for and then boom, monkey wrench right in the plan. And I'm not going to give away the story, but if you can just tell it real quick, because I think it's a, it's really interesting because it's something that a lot of people, you know, focus so much of their training on, you know, their goal paces, their, their tempos, all of that stuff. But sometimes the mental training can be uh, can be just as important for times like this. You're talking about at the race, right? Yeah, Once exactly. Got there and, yeah. So my first of all, my husband always comes with me to all my races. Um, and so that way I, I literally give him the information. I don't think about anything. He gets me my breakfast in the morning. He gets me to the start line. I don't even think, I just need to say, what time do I need to wake up? And he let, you know, so, um, I didn't have him with me. He was, um, he was out of town that time too. And so I drove down with my sister-in-law and was staying with my aunt. Things were just not normal already. Um, you know, it's in LA. So I was figuring out how to get to the start line. Um, just that was kind of stressful. So I get to the start line. I had registered. I, when I picked up my bib, uh, they, they said, you're in open corral. So I said, okay, well, you know, here I'm really trying to PR. Um, you know, my PR at that time was a 319. So I was trying to beat that. And, uh, and so I get there and they said, okay, no problem. Just go to the, you know, go to corral A, let them know that, and you know, you'll be, you'll be fine. So I get to corral A and I had a good friend who was running actually on the Lululemon running team and she was in corral A and she's like, just stay with me. You'll be fine. So we, try to get in there and the lady said nope she was not gonna let me in there and this is I mean minutes before the gun was gonna go off and so I start freaking out I'm you know try I, no you don't understand I've worked hard from this I've traveled from far and you know I, I really need to get in this corral otherwise this is gonna screw me up and uh she was not the nicest. And so, um, she told me I can go all the way back to corral to open corral and try to work my way through the crowd up as far as I could in the, up to corral a. And so not only did I not get to run with my friend, um, you know, I was, <laughs> didn't, didn't have my normal morning routine. I was emotional probably cause I was five weeks pregnant and didn't know it. So I'm at the start line, starting to cry, fighting back tears texting my husband who was probably sleeping because it was five in the morning and um yeah so I did my best I got back to Crowley I tried to work my way up I mean really it was the LA Marathon is huge so there's just tons of people the gun got off and I was still back in you know way back in line trying to basically like herding cattle I walked for the first mile and you know I know a lot of people who love the LA Marathon and run it and um you know, for the first few miles, maybe it was because I was so far back, I walked. It was, I mean, I was trying to, like, get to the sides to run as fast as I could, make my way, you know, just try to get to where it opened up a little. So I definitely didn't end up PRing that um, race, uh, but it was a really great experience. And some of my best friends ended up being at the finish line, um, being that I went to college down there. I have a lot of friends that live down there. So it turned out to be a great race and I had fun and it was a good experience. Um, even though the outcome, you know, was not what I planned, but that happens all the time. You know, every race isn't necessarily going to be a perfect race. So, 
Yeah, that's that's for sure. And you still ran a three twenty five. So you you, yes. you definitely ran a, a quality time. All things considered, it was a really good time. Like you said, considering how the first few miles progressed. So at what point for you were you able to transition from my goodness, this is unbelievably frustrating. All the work I've done is just now flushed down the toilet. Like before I've even like broken a sweat, like my like my goal is gone. Right. So when do you go from feeling that way to feeling like, okay, I'm going to make the most of this? Yeah, I don't really remember what mile it was at, but I do remember that. I mean, for the first, I would say several miles, I remember having a really bad attitude. I was so mad, Um, you know, and I and then I ended up just I don't know what it was in my head, probably thinking like, gosh, Bethany, you know, what would you tell your friends and clients right now? You know, are you being the example that you would be, you know, telling your clients what, you know, what do you, this attitude, what is this even for? So, um, I was mad. Uh, and I think, I think it was maybe around mile eight, I met just, you know, started kind of set into my steady pace and just warmed up because it was really cold for me, California girl. Um, and I met some friends and then I just, decided, you know what, what is this attitude going to do for me? It's not going to do anything. And it's just going to make me, you know, not have fun and not going to benefit me in any way. So just changing the attitude and making the best of it and enjoying the experience. And, um, I ended up really enjoying the rest of the race. And you must've run pretty close to your goal marathon pace from that point on. I did, yeah, because I, I definitely had some, um, you know, I don't remember my splits. Finding finding out I was pregnant shortly after that made me almost not even, like, go back and kind of study that race just because I was in a different mindset, like, wow, training is definitely going to be different for the next nine months. So um, normally I would have kind of gone back and recapped a little more and looked at, you know, how things went down. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely did because, like I said, the first few miles um, – was so cramped and crowded with people that I definitely had some catching up to do. So, Yeah, absolutely. And what did you take from that race? Because it's such, it's such an anomaly, right? Like how often do you have like that kind of crazy of a beginning, not only to, to the beginning of the race, like getting prepared to actually, you know, before the gun goes off, but the first, you know, quarter of the race being so different than you expected it to go. How has that helped you not only in your own running, but you know, you're a coach, you have a bunch of clients that you help help with. How is it? How are you able to assist them better? Cause you went through this experience. Yeah. Um, I think just letting them know, like, listen, you have to, you can prepare as much as you can for a race. And then the rest is just like doing your best. And you know, obstacles are going to come and making the best of it. There's, there's going to be things that you can't control and, you know, be sad and bummed for a minute, but then get over it and move on and um, have a good attitude about it and just use it to fuel your, your goals for your next, you know, training cycle or next race um, and learn from it. And that's definitely what I did. Um, probably one of my biggest learning things was I will try to never travel to a marathon without my husband. <laughs> um, I'm pretty lucky to have him, but um you know, just, but the mindset and the attitude, a lot of, you know, as you know, a lot of running is mental and just, um, instead of sulking through that, just growing from it, um, and learning and, you know, doing better training, whether 
you know, just preparing better for next time to the best of your abilities. Right. And you mentioned before that you came, basically you're, you were a CrossFitter before you became a distance runner. So what drew you to CrossFit when you started that? So when I was in college, um, at Aziza Pacific, we had to do internships, um, to, you know, I had, I, I did an internship at a physical therapy clinic. Um, and then I ended up, uh, getting an internship at this gym and it was a paid internship. And, uh, I had my NASM certified personal training certification. And so they, they hired me as just a you know, personal trainer. And I didn't know that they were, it was called peak performance. It was like a sports specific training facility. So I did a lot of work with like kids and, um, teaching them. And then, um, I remember them asking me, they said, Hey, have you heard of CrossFit? And I said, Oh yeah. Isn't like cross training? And they're like, kind of. Um, and so then they put me through a workout, which, um, CrossFitters know very well, and it's called Fran, and it's um, 21, 15, and then nine of each uh, pull-ups and then squat thrusters. And uh, the prescribed weight, what they call it for squat thrusters for women, is 65 pounds. So I'm like, oh yeah, you know I'm in good shape. So my, you know, the head, the owner, he puts 65 pounds on the bar, and he puts me through this workout and I could maybe do like three pull-ups. So the rest of the pull-ups were using a band or jump pull-ups in. And, uh, I think I did it in like 16 minutes or something. And I mean, elite CrossFitters do this in like between three and four minutes. It might even be less now. So my time was not very good. And I remember the next like week I could not even move. I was so sore. Um, and after that I was just kind of hooked and, uh, you know, got pretty involved in the CrossFit community, ended up getting CrossFit certified and being a CrossFit coach for a while. Um, and then I was actually training for the CrossFit games when, um, when my husband and I got married. And then shortly after that, I found out I was pregnant with our first child. So that kind of changed things up a little. I still was active in CrossFit a little bit. Um, and then we ended up moving to Northern California. So kind of got out of the community a little bit, but yeah, that's how I got involved in it. Um, was just through this little gym and, um, I loved it. It's, you know, it's definitely like, as you know, as you know, the running community, there's the CrossFit community is a pretty tight knit group as well. That's for sure. That's for sure. They're like, that's one of the things that's known for most, right? It's like CrossFit. Absolutely. People think of CrossFit. Oftentimes they think about the workouts plus the community. They almost go hand in hand, which is a pretty unique thing. Um, especially for just for athletics, right? Like it's not, it's an individual sport that has a strong sense of community, which is so rare. I mean, naturally, right? How, how, how would you normally foster that? And for running, that can be tough unless you're on like a really, really big or tight knit running group. Um, but I have to ask, all right, so, so you had that first workout, you had the Fran workout, it kicked your butt, you're sore for a week. What made you want to go back instead of saying, man, I am not doing that again? <laughs> well, I um, was hired there, so I had to go That's back <laughs> to go to work. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty competitive, so I think that that was it. I loved the competitiveness of it, um, you know, people going, come on, you know, come on, you did that, you can do this, you know, lift more, add this weight. Uh, so I definitely got consumed in the competitive part of the community um, and just having the camaraderie with those people. And so that that's what kept me coming back. Um, and 
you know, like I said, I worked there, so I really didn't have a choice before getting involved in it. So, and then I really fell in love with my clients as well. So, and how do you think getting that CrossFit foundation helped you as a runner? You know, I think that just a lot of runners, you know, don't do enough, don't focus enough on strength training. So I think it just really showed me the importance of strength training and not only, um, you know, not only weightlifting, but functional training. So I really say, you know, to my, all of my clients now um, are required to have, like, I, I, they, they don't have a choice but to have strength training into their program. And a lot of it is just little body weight strength training workouts that can be done in their home with no weight. But it's basic movements, functional training that can be transformed into everyday life. So everybody squats every day. Um, and But learning the proper form and technique uh, just really helps with injury prevention. Um, so, yeah, that's a um, huge, huge benefit to running. Right. And do you feel like when you're talking to your clients or just people that you just know, know around town or whatever, that there are certain people that you advise, you know, strength training more than others or certain goals that they might have that require more strength training rather than others? Or is it pretty uniform in what you advise? Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely, uh, you know, uh, tailored to the individual and their individual goals. And someone obviously who wants to gain strength and muscle and may not have a lot might need to, um, you know, strength train a little bit more than someone who's more kind of maintaining the strength and muscle and focusing on maybe endurance and, and, uh, you know, and adding in mileage. Like when I, when I'm in peak mileage, I, my strength training definitely goes down to even like one day a week. Um, so it's definitely, you know, um, different for each individual and depending on what their goals are. Yeah, I can imagine. And also it's, you know, I would assume, and this might not be right, but that depending on what races they're, they're trying to run, like, do you have a different mindset from a cross training or lifting perspective for like a marathoner versus someone who's focusing more on like the 5k five mile route? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if they're, if they're training for their first marathon, um, you know, that's going to be, it's just based on their experience level mainly. Um, but yeah, the race definitely, I mean, if they're, you know, I'm not going to have my, my marathon runners power lifting, you know, one rep, rep, one rep max power cleans, you know, Thing, that's definitely going to be their strength training definitely will be different for um, a distance endurance runner versus someone kind of who's more like a 5k um, and generally they're going to have different goals too so the 5k runner um, you know can probably strength train a little more um, and you know maybe do a little more weight shorter reps depending again depending on their goals too yeah I can imagine and you bring so much expertise um, to your coaching because you have backgrounds in a variety of different areas. You, you know, not only from a you know, academic standpoint, just getting your certifications, but what you've learned from them and experienced from them. And then also being a, being a mom of four provides you with background, not only for women, but for guys. Like I think about all the guys who are like me, who wear like my biggest issue as a runner 
is I haven't been able to go like year after year, just like continuing to build fitness. So it's like I'll work hard for six to nine months and then I'll go like super lax and all of a sudden I'm always at square one. Right. So every year I was like back to square one. Oh, geez Louise, how am I going to get back up to what the level I want to be at? So for say, even for, for guys who are in that, that same realm, what did you learn from like your prenatal to postnatal training that would help a, a, a guy kind of go through the process like that I currently go through all the time? Like this, like, you know, these swings and training that, you know, can leave you not only your fitness, but your strength a little lacking. Yeah, totally. So, uh, you know, I feel a lot of people sometimes like they're, especially if they're like all or nothing type people, they'll go, you know, they'll go hard for six months and then they'll kind of fall off the wagon for, you know, a couple months. And, exactly. Uh, it's so funny because we, I actually joke my husband's a lot like that. He'll, you know, he'll get the bug to, you know, and he's very fit and very naturally, naturally athletic, but he'll hit the gym hard, you know, five, six days a week for a certain amount of time, then he'll kind of be like, well, I hit my goal. I'm good. And kind of, Hey, you know, relax and, uh, you know, take it easy for a few months and then he's back to square one. So, um, yeah, I definitely say like consistency is so important. Um, and you know, a lot of times people think that they have to go spend hours in the gym or go get a, you know, well, if I'm not running, you know, I'm like, just go out and get a short little run in. Just don't even bring your watch. Just stay active. Or, um, you know, I have, like I said, I really, really um, encourage my clients and I give them workouts. It's just body weight that, again, can just be done at home in between doing dishes and laundry or in between, um, you know, on your lunch break from work. Um, and just as a way to keep it, you know, keep consistent and, uh, and just make it a lifestyle. If people make it a lifestyle, then they kind of get rid of that, um, like all or nothing. And it's not bad to have an all or nothing type, uh, mindset because some, you know, sometimes I, I, I think that's a good thing. Um, but just, just to keep it, um, consistent, make it a lifestyle. So you don't ever get into that rut where you kind of like, Oh, I didn't get to the gym today. Oh, I'll start next week or oh, I'll start next month or we got a vacation coming. Yeah, I'll just start after that. Or, you know, there's always, there's always going to be an excuse. It's called life and, you know, kids and everything can get in the way. But if you make it a lifestyle, then it's just something that you just do every day and make it a priority in your life. Yeah. And, and you're absolutely right, man. I like, I'm, I was living that today. I like was this close to not going for my run. I literally like ran outside and it was like, pouring buckets it's been pouring for like 24 straight hours here in Rhode Island oh, so I like man. went outside I ran 100 meters I was like screw this I ran back home and I'm just sitting in my like hallway it was 4 45 in the morning I'm like oh my god I just got to get out there I was like I know if I don't do this run I will like cheat on the next five runs right like yeah for you I don't know if, how, how it is for you or your clients but like I get in this run all the time where like the, the, if I quit on a run it's like all of a sudden it gives me like permission to do it again. And it's right. like, once you like open the floodgates for that stuff, it can just be, it can just backfire so quickly. Yes, totally. Uh, that, yeah, definitely. I always say like, just do something, even if it's not, you know, originally what you had in mind, just get out and, and then be happy with that. Be proud of yourself for doing that. But, um, yeah, sometimes the hardest, hardest uh step is just the foot out the door get out the door and just go <laughs> and see so you're you're in a situation right so you have 
you know, you got four kids, you got a little one, you got two, you know, two month old, three month old Nora, and you have a, you know, you have a job, you got all these kids running around, getting them, shuffling off them to school and all the stuff that's involved with being a parent. And you're trying, you know, you're serious about being an athlete. So for you, from a time management perspective, what are some of the things that you are, are key to your time management? Or since, what are some of the missteps that you've had that you've kind of learned from? Yeah, I think the number one, again, is just making it a priority. It's funny because, you know, I have a lot of people um, tell me like, oh, you're obsessed or you're, you're crazy or, you know, and I'm like, well, I just have goals and maybe I am just stubborn that, you know, I'll do whatever it takes to get to those goals, but I'm not going to be sorry for that. And I'm going to just, um, you know, be proud of that, but, uh, really just planning ahead. So fortunately I have a treadmill in my garage. So lately I've been getting, trying to get back into the routine of waking up before the kids and that just getting in the garage and getting my, uh, at least getting my run done. So, um, you know, I say I like to work out before my brain knows what I'm doing. So I just get out there and get it done. Um, you know, and then sometimes there's times where I'll, you know, call a friend and say, Hey, you know, can, can we get together for like, you know, can the kids play this week or, you know, and then I'll take, we'll do some like kind of babysit training almost with my friends like hey drop the kids off and let them play over here so you can have a couple hours to do whatever you want to do and you know then we kind of swap like that and uh, fortunately I'm really blessed too we have a lot of family that lives close by so my mom has been really great she'll come over and she'll just kind of hang out with the kids for a little bit so I can get a quick run in um so that helps the, you know, having community and people, um, just in my life that are really supportive of me. Um, but the biggest thing is definitely planning ahead. Um, you know, if you're not properly prepared, you're, you're going to be, uh, it's just going to be easier to just, um, you know, make an excuse or, Oh, I just no, not today. I'm too tired or no, I'm not going to, I don't have time today. But, uh, someone, someone was telling me the other day, they were like, Oh yeah. Have you seen the bachelor? you know, two hours every Monday night. I'm like, no. Or they told me they didn't have time. They told me they didn't have time to work out or they didn't have time to. And I'm like, well, do you watch the bachelor? And they're like, yeah, two hours every Monday night. And I'm like, well, that's two hours. You could be working out, you know, like, uh, you know, so there's things like sacrifices that can be made for, uh, for, you know, if it's, if it's a priority in your life, you're going to make time for it. So, yeah, you know, I love that. That that that's classic. You watch The Bachelor. That's a great. That's a great trap question, Bethany. I got to be honest. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that one. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, but at the same time, right? So you have that idea. You want to plan it out. You want to make sure that you get it done. And then for you personally, how important do you schedule? Or like, how important is recovery for you? Has it been an issue in the past? And how do you schedule that in? Yeah. So fortunately I've never, um, Oh, I had a hip surgery before I actually became a distance runner. But, um, other than that, I have never dealt with any serious injuries from running. Um, and I think that is due to, you know, proper strength training and recovery. Um, so I tell my clients and I, for myself, think of recovery just as important as your training, if not more. So, you know, when I write my clients training programs or when I have my training program and I look at a day and, you know, obviously, obviously if you've got goals and you're really motivated, you're not going to just like, oh no, I'm going to listen to my body. I'm not feeling well today. But if you're truly worn out and not feeling well, like it's definitely important to listen to your body, 
take an extra day of recovery and that's going to be more beneficial than, you know, pushing, pushing your body when you're worn down, um, you know, to an extreme or, or coming down with something, it's definitely going to be more beneficial to rest and recover. Um, so recovery is hugely important. Um, and you know, I tell my clients like, you know, even if you're feeling good, recovery is maintenance, you know, that's, I'll have clients, you know, message me and they're like, no, it's my rest day, but I'm feeling really good. I'm going to, I, can I, can I get some extra miles in? And, you know, sometimes that's okay, but, um, generally no, your body on your rest day is building up what you've broken down and becoming stronger on your rest day. So it's huge, hugely important. And the tiredness is cumulative. It's not like, Hey, I didn't sleep all last night. So now my run stinks tomorrow. Right. It's like, absolutely. it's like, all right, I didn't get sleep for the past two weeks and now like I can't complete my run. Right. It's not just like, it's not that feeling of like, you know, you were in college, you know, we're like, Hey, I didn't sleep the night before because I had to finish this paper and now I'm screwed. You know, it's it's much more like little bit by little bit. Was it like, they call it death by paper cut. You know what I mean? Like that, that's how it feels like, at least for me, when my recovery's off, that's like the proper metaphor. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, so what's on, so we're recording this. It is February 11th. So we're still earlier in the year. What are your goals for 2018? Yeah. So I, um, I'm registered and running a Boston marathon. Um, and you know, I've gotten a lot of people like, Oh, are you going to, what's your goal for that? And you know, I'm like, well, I just, you know, being that I just had a baby three months ago, my goal is really just to, um, I really just want to enjoy this race and just soak up every experience that it has to offer. You know, the Boston Marathon's like can be an experience of a lifetime. And, um, it's definitely something I won't run every year. Um, I definitely will run it again. So I just want to enjoy it. I have no, um, time goals for that, um, except to finish on my feet and having a great time with a smile on my face. So I actually get to meet, um, a couple of my clients are going to be there. Um, some families going with me. So we're just going to have a great time. And, um, I, you know, I want to run a good race. My husband and I were actually talking about yesterday and he's like, you're way too competitive. You're going to end up racing it. (laughs) Um, you know, so we'll see if I'm feeling good and I'm feeling, um, you know, I'm just going to just listen to my body and just have a great time. And, um, but I want to be able to get to Boston and walk my, you know, walk all the miles before and eat all the food and not have to stress over, you know, I got to do this, this, this to make sure I have the perfect race. I'm just gonna, it's going to be the perfect race because I'm going to have a really great time and, uh, and it's going to be a good experience. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. So that's for, that's in April. Um, and then this summer I'm just going to really work on, um, just building my strong foundation of my body back. Um, and then CIM, the California international marathon in December is always just my, my favorite race. It was my first marathon. Um, and it was my last in 2016 or 2016. Yeah. Is when I PR'd with a 319. So, and when I, when I PR'd, um, I was only training about 25 miles a week. Um, my what? husband had just, yeah. So my husband had just made a career change. And, um, so he, you know, our schedules are crazy. Um, our third son was just, uh, he's, we call him, like I said, our spirited one or our firecracker. So he was, uh, pretty difficult. And so I just didn't have a lot of time to train. Um, 
and it was in a season of life where I was, you know, I was okay with it. So I just ran that race feeling like, I'm just going to go with it. I had, I didn't really have an intention to PR. Um, and yeah, I was only training 25 miles a week and I crossed that finish line and I told my husband like, man, I had more in me and I, you know, I ran way too conservatively. And, um, so that was a really cool feeling. So that race, again, like I said, is my absolute favorite. Um, so I planned a PR this December. Um, I haven't really set a goal as to like what time yet, but you know, I say this and I tell, I tell my clients like speak your goals, even if they're big and they scare you, that's good. If they, if they don't scare you, they might not be big enough. Um, now, why is so that? My, a good, now, why is that a good thing? If you don't mind me asking. You know, yeah. You know, um, I just think like, you know, your goals should be a little scary and to push you out of your comfort zone and make you work hard for it. Um, and I, I just, you know, I think it's a good thing. So, um, yeah, I have a goal of running a sub three hour marathon and I, you know, I tell people that and they're like, what, but your PR is three nineteen. I'm like, well, yeah, but you know, that's again with running 25 miles a week and definitely had more gas in the tank after that. So, um, you know, and it might not be in a year or two years, it might be three years down the road, but, um, you know, I'm excited for it and I'm excited for the journey for it, but yeah. I love it. It sounds great, Bethany. Well, certainly good luck. Thank you so much for all the time you're giving us. I uh, want to dive into like the, the last bit of questions we do at every podcast. We kind of have the, the short questions. But before we do that, I want to say people can follow you at um, www.befitdavis.com. So you got Bethany Fit, um, sorry, Bethany Davis at befitdavis.com. Also on Instagram at uh, b.fit.davis. And uh, you're also on Facebook. You're everywhere. I am. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm most active on Instagram and then my website. Um, yeah. And I love to connect with people. They can, you know, I try to be good about messaging people back on Instagram still and, um, just being, being pretty responsive. And I love the running community that I have on there. So, and I love the videos. I love, you know, it's like, I, I think I like the videos and the pictures of you lifting and doing your strength training. I thought over the past year have been really interesting. Um, I think my favorite one is pull-ups with your daughter in like the you know like the the word escapes me now she was kind of like on your kind of the on ergo, your chest yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, we had like the baby bjorn i think was, yep. was one that we had but it was like i was like all right man like pull-ups are hard enough but forget it she's like rocking it with the two-month-old okay yep motivation getting my workouts in every day okay we lost you there on the audio there for a second but um no but yeah that, that was definitely a, that was definitely a good picture it, it was a, a testament to the fact that hey man like from a time management perspective like you said like you know whether it's between like folding the laundry and doing the dishes or like shoot you see some parents will be like hey part of the nighttime routine is like i'll do my push-ups and sit-ups and my kids will want to join in it's like just fitting it in wherever you can fit it in yep absolutely all right no so when, there it is so when you're on a run are you going headphones or no headphones uh generally no headphones lately for long runs because uh, i don't really have a running partner right now i've been going headphones with podcasts got it got it well besides this one obviously which ones are you which ones are you listening to uh well so this one definitely and i'm not just saying that is my favorite um oh wow thanks bethany 
yeah, partly just because the people that you have on here are real, and a lot of them, I just they're they're friends. They're you know they're Instagram friends, but they're they're friends and they're real. So um, I also like the science of ultra. Um, oh, I don't know that one. It's pretty awesome. You'll have to check it out. Okay. All right. Definitely. All right. So what? All right. What's the best advice that you give other people that you have trouble following? Oh, uh, to I think to to stop compare like no comparison. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. Focus on you. Be the best you you can be. Um, you know, and it's hard with the social media and the Instagram and Facebook nowadays. You know, I I have a lot of it's hard when, you know, you got to trust your training, but you see a fellow Instagram friend out there who's running the same race as you, who's running, you know, maybe more mileage that week. You can kind of like second guess yourself. Well, should I be doing more? Should I be doing less? And, and, you know, instead just focus on you and trust your training and, um, you know, don't, don't compare yourself to anybody else. Yeah. And for a competitive person, like you said that you are, that could easily be a trap. Definitely. But also, I feel like it's a positive, too, on some level. If you find people that, whether it's on Instagram or on your running club or wherever, who, like, you feel like are are pretty real about their training, to be oh, able to follow them. Because then you can say, all right, are they, they've experienced this low or this difficulty. Oh, I can relate to that. Like, I feel like the comparison game isn't only negative if you're following the right people. Oh, totally. Um, totally. It's a huge help for motivation. I actually did a post the other day that I, uh, I love that I have a lot of runner friends that live on the East coast. Cause I'll wake up in the morning and I'll open my Instagram and see that they've all finished their runs. And it totally motivates me like, Ugh, Oh man, I got to get mine in today. <laughs> that's a good call. I didn't even think about that. So yeah. I am one of those East coasters. So yeah, that, that's a great point. That's yeah, a thanks, good point. Thanks for getting your run in early for me. <laughs> If you're following my runs, Bethany, then you're, you're going down the wrong path. Um, all right, so here we go. So if you could have only one more run, one more race for the rest of your life, but you could run it every year, what race would that be? Hands down, CIM, California International Marathon. That's so great. And then, and then this past year, you had these big goals. You couldn't run it, obviously, because you were at that point uh, nine months pregnant. But you were there still. You were at the expo. Yeah, I was. I was. Yep. We went to the expo. I had a booth there and it was so cool to, to just see so many, you know, old friends, meet some new people and just be there for the experience. It was awesome. But yeah, right. that's my favorite. And then conversely, what's, what's a bucket list race for you that you have uh, still, still on the list that you want to get done? Well, Boston's definitely one of them. So that will be fulfilled this year. And then other than that, um, I think it would be to do an uh, international marathon. I think okay. for me, like I said, like the CIS is local. It's only an hour and a half away from my house. So I don't have to travel far. So I think traveling with running is kind of like out of my comfort zone. And so that's definitely something that I need to get over. And I would love to ex experience an international marathon for sure. Yeah, and you got you got to get your uh, you know your your partner in crime over there to go with you, right? That's one of the things you learned. Oh yeah, he's coming. <laughs> <laughs> and he's you know I said you're B fit Davis. He's B fat Davis. Is that right? Yep. Yep. Exactly. So it's All funny because right. I've actually yeah. Go ahead. No, no, no. Keep going. You said it was funny. And well, I've gotten some people that are like, "Oh man, is he making fun of you? That's that's crazy." I'm like, no, he is my absolute biggest supporter, but. It was actually inspired by one of my followers who's in Australia. 
I don't remember if he said, he said something that kind of inspired it. And then it just kind of took off. And a lot of my followers will message me like, B-Fat Davis hasn't posted in a while. What's going on? So <laughs> it's, oh it's pretty goodness. funny. That is great. All right. And you mentioned before that you love having a running partner. Um, so who is your dream running partner? If you could pick anybody. My dream running partner is, uh, well, if I could keep up Sarah Hall, she, um, so my husband and I have a heart for adoption and we're actually going to be adopting a fifth child, which that's a whole, Whoa! that could be, that could be a whole nother podcast, but yeah, so we have wanted to adopt, um, forever and, you know, we've just been blessed with four biological children back to back right away. Um, but we will be adopting and she's adopted her girls and, so she has a heart for that. We just have a lot in common and she's just, I feel like I could learn so much from her and definitely look up to her. So, so what about adoption, um, attracted you and your husband to it? I, you know, I don't even know what first did. I've wanted to adopt my entire life. So when I was little, I always would tell people, you know, yeah, I want to be a mommy. And I remember thinking about how I was going to become a mommy and it was like just going and you know, picking out my babies, adopting my babies. And, you know, just the statistics now of the kids in the foster care system, just here locally, even, you know, in our county is absolutely crazy and heartbreaking. Um, and then, you know, I don't remember it was in college. I heard some statistic and it was something along the lines of like 20% of families consider adoption and only 3% of those 20 actually follow through with it. Um, you know, and maybe again, it's my stubbornness. I was kind of like, I am doing it then we are doing it. And so before my husband and I got married, it was something we discussed and he's always been on board. So we're just definitely following, you know, it could be pretty soon. We're not really sure, but yeah, we're excited for it. It's going to be a whole new journey. I can imagine. Well, good luck with that, Bethany. Good luck with everything else as well. Um, must be, I hope you have fun with, uh, with the kiddos. Once you get back, I really appreciate you doing the podcast and, uh, good luck with everything in 2018. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Happy running. All right. You too.